Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Wind to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. This week on the show, we are joined by authors... Dr. Paul Knapper and Dr. Anthony Rayo. They are the authors of The Power of Agency, which is a new book that debuted the day that I interviewed them. It is a pretty awesome uh, way to get, to, to get a, a couple authors on the show, which is the day their book comes out. The book is called The Power of Agency, The Seven Principles to Conquer Obstacles, Make Effective Decisions, and Create a Life on Your Own Terms. I love this idea for a lot of reasons, but specifically because I think any jump starts with having the sense of agency. If you look at anyone in our book, anyone on the podcast, anyone that that writes into the show, it all comes from the sense of agency. And so I would say this book is a precursor to being able to jump, and I would highly recommend it to folks, and I was very excited to have them on the show. So without further ado, I'm going to take you to my conversation with Dr. Anthony Rayo and Dr. Paul Knapper. Paul Knapper and Anthony Rayo, thank you so much for joining me on the When to Jump podcast. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. Good to be here. So this is a very exciting day. This is the actual official day of your book release. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting day, actually. It's been uh, uh, several years in the making. Yeah, about five years, actually. Wow, Uh, about five years. About five years it's taken. Um, So, yeah, we've come a long way. We really have. Uh, You know, and there are are actually probably multiple uh, points at which we were jumping, (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) You know? Um, I I believe it. I want to get into the book and and really dive in deep because there's so much about... Uh, taking agency and 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 also that ability to jump that are just intertwined and very intimately related. But I, I'd love to first back up a bit, and, and we will get to the present day because I think it's super exciting. But you both are jumpers in many different ways. I'd love to start with your own stories and how you got here and how you got even into the into the world that you're writing books on now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I am I'm a bit of a jumper. I. Uh, I began my career on Wall Street, actually. Um, I was an undergraduate in, in Philadelphia at Penn and uh, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but everybody was heading to Wall Street, or everybody that I referenced anyway, and so I thought, hey, that's, that's probably what I should do. So got a job as an as a assistant analyst on Wall Street, and it was fun. It was a great learning experience, but, you know, realized that was a something to do for a, a short amount of time. Most everybody went and got an MBA from there. I wasn't really convinced that that was right for me. So I ended up uh, going for a master's in international relations, left New York City, moved to Chicago, um, did that for two years, and then wanted to experience the West Coast. Um, so jumped to Los Angeles, worked, you know, got a job back in the financial industry, after two years of that, really, you know, felt like uh, this isn't. I can't see myself doing this my entire career. I was kind of getting bored and restless, and you know, lots of people I was meeting were kind of in the personal growth sort of movement at the time. And uh, I 
came in contact with a lot of psychologists and decided I either was going to become a screenwriter or a psychologist. And so I thought, you know, probably better to get get the background as a psychologist. I can then, if I want, go back into, go towards screenwriting. So I dropped everything, uh, went from a high-paying job, on, you know, in the securities business to working in a, in a residential treatment center in Malibu, California, uh, for troubled adolescents and basically earning minimum wage. So it was, um, it was a big jump. And from there, I ended up uh, moving to Boston to go to graduate school to get my doctorate in psychology. And, you know, uh, from there, you know, I mean, this is a laundry list, but I jumped from clinical work to um, consulting in the business world. So started working with business people, helping them be more successful in their careers. I've been doing that now for almost 20 years. And, um, and the latest jump is with his book, um, Becoming an Author. And so yet another jump. And before we get to you, Anthony, I want to ask a quick question, Paul. There's so much to unpack, but one of the fascinating themes that I found in hearing that jump story and that narrative arc is this this interplay between the private sector and the public sector, um, academia and business. How have you found those contrasts? Because it's not often that people can can oscillate so fluidly between them. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I mean, I, I think maybe the the unifying theme for me is. Um, is, is, is pursuing my, my intellectual curiosity. And it takes me in, in a lot of different places. And so whether it's in business, which I think can be fascinating, or whether it's in the big, some of the bigger ideas in academia, I, I, I like to dive into both places. And I kind of learned a bit about that just in my personal life too, about how to make these jumps and how to reflect before making a jump so that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good jump. It's a, it's a jump you've, you've reflected on a bit. Wow. Very neat. And Anthony, tell us about your jump story or stories. Well, Paul is a, uh, he's a difficult jumper to follow. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, I'm not exaggerating. I, I may have made the jump to be a psychologist somewhere in eighth grade <laughs> because Mrs. Lewis, uh, the social studies teacher, had commented several times in front of the class that every answer I gave somehow reflected sort of how people were feeling, the circumstances they came from. I think her husband, I could be wrong, was a psychologist. Anyways, it kind of like, it seemed like to, to embed itself. Um, so as soon as I got into college, I, I double majored in child study and uh, experimental psychology over at Tufts University. Um, and so I, I pretty much went really straight through and and I and I was lucky. I, I really found the right thing. But when I came out on the other end with a doctorate, I wanted to work uh, for hospitals doing clinical work and that was great. But I but I found that there was something underneath that wasn't working for me. I taught at universities for a while as an adjunct professor. Uh, I would do workshops. Uh, I, I felt like I had a book in me and uh, started writing, writing fiction, writing nonfiction and just and slowly realized that I was going to have to sort of break apart this uh, really strict career path I had thrown myself into if I was going to have the freedom to think independently. And, and, it, and it worked out and uh, was able to get my first book out uh, a little over 10 years ago called The Way of Boys. It's, uh, it's an expose about medication rates that are really high among American boys and diagnosing them. And, and, and maybe there were trends that were happening that really didn't have anything to do with them. And, and that allowed me then to sort of leave and do speaking engagements across the country. 
really sort of stretch my wings and begin to meet people from all different parts of the country. Uh, and that that um, then led to this project uh, with Paul, um, sort of like taking some of those themes and, 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 and going even further with them because they it turns out that really what's at the base of, of both of these books is a rising anxiety in the United States that's, uh, that, that, that I thought when I was watching it happen 10 years ago uh, was just sort of isolated to the people I was working with, but I was wrong. It's, it's, a, it's a national trend. You know, you, you made a jump, too, in the book project um, that you didn't mention, which is that, you know, initially, Anthony started out writing this book on his own, and, and he kind of came to me for some, some guidance, and so I helped, I tried to be helpful to him. But at a certain point, he turned to me and said, you know, we should be writing this book together, because it could be a much stronger book for the, if the two of us collaborated on it. And I didn't have this burning, burning desire to be an author, but I, I thought about it, and, and, you know, it seemed kind of like, why not? You know, this sounds like it could be a really fun new thing to try. So I jumped in, and, um, and so for him it was a jump by, by moving toward co-authorship, and for me, obviously, it was a jump too. So, so it was, it was kind of cool how it worked out. Totally. It, it's funny that you mentioned that on the book writing front because, I mean, this, it sounds like there was a jump within the jump, particularly when you're, when you make a jump to write a book, that's obviously a huge deal, especially for a first-time author. So, Paul, I, I can feel that <laughs> when to jump was my first book. But then this idea of Anthony saying, hey, let's do this together, you know, it really is like you're signing up for, for a partnership, a marriage of sorts where you got to be in sync. It is a total journey. Like you said, you know, this is something that was, what, several, four, four or five years in the making when yeah. you trace it back. And so, you know, I will... I think that is a, a massive, uh, massively understated kind of uh, element of, of, of writing a book is that, uh, and a lot of people that are listening to the show and get ready for them, you're going to hear from everyone from your fourth cousin to the, the guy next door to the bus driver who wants to write a book, and they're going to ask you for your thoughts. But I would say who you, who you jump with into that endeavor is probably the most important thing you can decide. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a really good, it's a very good point. In fact, it, you know, brings up one of the principles actually in the book, The Power of Agency, is is on uh, the importance of the company you keep. And, you know, whether you're writing a book, whether you're doing, really whether you're doing anything, um, or you're just talking about, you know, your, your, your personal life, the people you surround yourself with are, are absolutely critical to your sense of agency and to who you can become in your life. Um, so that's a, you brought up a really, really critical point, Mike. That's, that's just so important. This book project, absolutely. It was true. You know, then we worked well together. We, we, we actually had a good collaboration. And, and even in the conflict, we, you know, we, we worked through it. Um, and one of the things that's in the book, uh, that, that, that I think you came up with this idea about getting a board of advisors, like thinking about assembling people in your life, that you trust, who have uh, varied skill sets, and then and then going to them for consultation from time to time. Uh, there were so many times that we would have been stuck, but we were able to enlist all these other talented people along the way. It really made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Research, uh, lit reviews, uh, writing styles, uh, you know, all the all the elements, uh, marketing that that go into it. Totally. Oh, I think that's so important. And I've talked about this before. There's two points I think that are worth bringing to light here. One is this idea of, as my friend Nate Chambers, who's been on the show before, said, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend, you know, all your time with, right? <laughs> and even if that's not a scientific equation, I think the point stands, as you mentioned, yeah. Paul. And then, you know, to your point, Anthony, I think that 
what I always said, in this case, back 10 years, I remember making a an inner circle group. Like I think I called it the inner circle. Like the in my mind that like stood for like, you know, the half dozen or however many, six to 10 people that I wanted to make sure knew what was going on in my life for no other reason than just, you know, be it this, hopefully this backbone and this kind of, you know, honest sounding board. And it sounds like that something like that helped you all a lot in this process. Have you found that that could help you outside of writing a book? Oh, yeah, for, you know, for everything. I mean, otherwise, we're kind of locked in our heads, if you think about it. You know, you're in your own little echo chamber, and, yeah. and you sort of have to air it out and let other people hear your thoughts and challenge your beliefs and, and kind of give you feedback. But it's, again, you know, very important that you, you know, associate selectively, as we say in the book. Like, you've got to really think about who those people are that are close to you. But, um, yeah, I think, I think for every part of your life, it's not just career. So many of us in all different walks of life are, 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 are trying, each of us trying to adapt to the stuff that's, that's coming along. And, you know, change is obviously accelerating. And we need help. We need support in doing that. We need people to guide us, to give us a check, a reality check at times. And so, yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely essential. I think in, when it comes to making a jump, you know, I mean, obviously there's big jumps and there's small jumps, but you have to have a good bo- board of advisors to turn to and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what do you think? Does this make sense? You know, is this, is this a good, is this, is, you know, test out your thinking. You is know? this the right time? Yeah, should I hold off? Should I do it later? Y- yeah. yeah, absolutely. Totally. And it's never just at that moment. It's almost more important after you make the decision and the next set of decisions, you know, inevitably right. um, come up. So. This episode is supported by an amazing new podcast on the Macmillan Podcast Network called Case Closed. It's a riveting true crime story you won't want to miss. One hot summer day in 2014, Erin Corwin kissed her husband John goodbye and left for a hike in Joshua Tree National Park. She never came back. Two months later, her body was found in an abandoned mine shaft deep in the desert. As the authorities investigated Erin's murder, the case had a huge ripple effect on the small marine community of 29 Palms, California, where Erin and her husband lived. Hear the whole chilling story on the podcast Case Closed. The entire season is out now, so you can binge listen to the entire podcast without having to wait for more. Find Case Closed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. That's Case Closed. Oh, neat. And and I don't want to um, hold it back anymore because it's just such a fascinating book. I would love to dive right into it. And by the way, how cool is it to now get to say in our book, blank, blank, blank. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh, I have yeah, to say. It's, it's very cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you, the, you wrote this book, The Power of Agency, The Seven Principles to Conquer Obstacles, Make Effective Decisions, and Create a Life on Your Own Terms. And it is out today, everywhere books are sold, uh, through St. Martin's Press, which is part of the Macmillan family. Uh, number one, how does it feel to hear all that? It feels awesome. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's nothing like it. It's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, as you know, Mike, you know, when you do something like this, you write a book, you know, everything you've done has been the result of of decisions, right? Everything has 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 followed a path of many decisions, including the title, and and so it's just great to have it done. Actually, I mean, it's like this is it; it's finished. And totally, and it, and it seems like you know, just from the little I've I've looked up on the book, it 
it's not a theoretical framework. These are real tips and pure kind of clear-eyed guidance on how to start living life on your own terms with your background. Can you share a little bit about who this book is for and why, why people should get out and buy it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's really designed for, uh, for anyone who, who wants to make better decisions in their lives and, and who really wants to kind of get off um, the beaten path and, and, and create a life on their own terms. Um, you know, we, we kind of started this project uh, with a couple of premises, one being that <clears throat> that many people are overwhelmed these days. You know, we're we're, we're overstimulated, we're overwhelmed. Uh, America has has a significant anxiety problem. Uh, one in five Americans actually is diagnosed with an anxiety disorder in our country, uh, which is pretty shocking. Um, so there's a lot of overwhelm happening, and um, and 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 you know, people are feeling stuck. Uh, a lot of people are feeling stuck, feeling like they they don't have the power to 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 create a life that that's most meaningful to them. And so this book is designed for those people who who really want to kind of grab their lives and you know kind of do an audit and 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 get them back on a path of having more more personal power. So um, it's designed for business people. It's designed for for educators. It's designed for parents. Anyone who is sort of struggling with um, you know how to how to create a, a life that's m- more in keeping with with what they want. Yeah. Wow. Was this something that you both found in your work separately? Was just sitting under the surface of a collective culture and literature that needed to come together. What was the driving point? What What do you hope is if there is a key take home from the book that that folks will get out of it? Yeah, but I th- people should know that this bubbled up over the last 10, 20 years in both of our respective practices. You know, mine more in a clinical setting with families and kids and teens and young adults, sometimes in the education space, you know, Paul and organizational business space. Uh, We were seeing more and more really pretty high-functioning people uh, having a harder time keeping up, a little bit confused, feeling like their plans were thwarted, uh, almost like they were just part of the herd and getting carried away. Um, and they were and they were hungry for something. And and Paul and I put our heads together on this and realized, you know, you, we we do know that the anxiety is is climbing up. But we we didn't want to have another book that you know, was focusing on maybe take medications or, you know, it's time to exercise more or some of the you know let's do more mindfulness. I mean, some of these things can be really helpful, particularly the latter ones. But um, we were trying to attack this thing from a whole other angle. And we realized at some point that the more confident people felt, like the people who could actually think more for themselves, make their own decisions, who could hit the pause button, were, were doing better. They were, you know, some of them were even thriving, despite sort of a lot of us really feeling a little lost these days. So that's sort of how this project sort of bubbled up. Then we went out and we interviewed about 100 people across the country, different folks, and then we got more information, pulled it together. Uh, we created an instrument. Uh, you can go to powerofagency.com. You can take um, what is the first of the, of, the, of the practices online. They'll score it for you, and you can get a sense of where you fall uh, on what we call control stimuli. Um, and, and so we, we, we think we've got something here. We think we've got sort of the best that people have been able to use, that they've taught us um, to sort of keep themselves on the path, the path that they're choosing. Yeah, so we wanted to get, we sort of wanted to avoid doing kind of symptom management and try to try to get underneath this and try to deal with with the root cause of why why people are feeling so anxious, why they're so overwhelmed, and what is it they can do about it? Because it did feel to us very much like it was getting in the way, it was getting in everyone's way, 
And again, you know, we, we're all in this sort of race to adapt. Um, the world has changed, obviously, in some very dramatic ways over the last, you know, 30 to 40 years. And um, so we're all trying to adapt to, to, to these things. And we're, you know, another important thing that we emphasize in the book is that, that, that many people don't often acknowledge. And that is that human beings are herd animals, Okay, you know, we are in fact animals and we are actually herd animals. So like wild horses who get spooked, you know, out in, you know, the the Colorado wide open spaces, humans are like that. And I I think with the growth of social media, that is kind of affecting some of this herd mentality more. And so it's more important than ever. We believe that for people to kind of find out where they stand, what matters to them, what success means to them, and um, to really try to step off the, the sort of treadmill that many people have told us they, they feel they've, they've been on. Wow. Well, there couldn't be a better time to come out with this type of book, because I can say from experience, and, and even yesterday, I, and I told you this before we started the interview, it was fascinating. I was speaking to someone who's at Stanford doing a, uh, an, a joint degree program with the business school, but with the symbolic systems program here, which kind of looks at cognitive behavior and how people react to technology in their lives as, as far as, you know, is it anxiety producing? Does it, you know, create or accentuate, um, you know, compulsion and all these other things. And he actually singled out separate from this interview coming up the next day. He said, you know, what, what I, he, he felt people were losing most of is the sense of agency. And, and, and I don't know how much of that. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts is, is, just being human, or is it this introduction in the last you know several decades of an immense amount of distraction and and kind of noise through technology? Um, is it a is it a rise in materialism? But for whatever the products and inputs might be, the output seems very clear that people do seem to lose the sense of agency. I mean, Mike, think about it. Just for a lot of people who don't have jobs anymore, just as AI has been taking over a lot of these yeah. types of things. You know, you just uh, a lot of people are anxious um, and. And, um, you know, I've heard it said that if you have a child going into kindergarten or first grade right now, by the time that they're in the workforce, 50% of the jobs haven't even been created that they'll be in. And that's how rapid this change is. Yeah. So you can see where all the anxiety is also coming from. Well, and, and yeah, if you frame this in, you know, in, in you know, kind of very big picture terms, um, just think back to 100 years ago uh, to so- what society was like, what the average day was like. In you know, we'll just take America. The average American's life a hundred years ago was you know so much slower. I mean, it, it's it's unfathomable to us today what it would have been like uh, to live an average life of a hundred years ago. So what's interesting about that is that we as biological creatures have not really evolved you know in Darwinian terms at, at all in a hundred years, but yet. Everything around us has changed really exponentially, I would say. And so, you know, if you think about that, you think about, you know, what we're trying to cope with, it's a really, really different world. And, 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 and some people are doing a lot better at it, as, as Tony said, and, and many people are actually falling by the wayside. And so this book is really designed to help everyone to make more intentional decisions in their lives and give people some really practical concrete things to put into place in their lives and and gain uh, uh, gain hold of themselves you know gain self-possession 
so they can make decisions and live live a life on their terms. I mean, not on someone else's terms, not on, you know, what they see splashed across social media or, you know, not some glamorized life, but, but what matters to them. Because that, at the end of the day, is what matters. Totally. Someone said it best, you know, comparison breeds unhappiness. And I think the opposite yeah. of that would be living life on your your own terms, which is, it truly feels like kind of the, the holy grail. And I think this book is going to go a long way in helping people find that. Thank you. Well, we, we certainly hope so. And, and uh, you know, the, the whole jumping f- issue, which is, you know, just such an incredible, incredible book, an incredible concept, you know, it is really important because agency involves taking action. And so it does involve making jumps in, in your life and how you make those jumps, why you make those jumps, you know, is critical to your level of agency. And so, you know, it's an incredibly fascinating topic that, that you um, explore, Mike. And, uh, you know, it's just a love your podcast. They're always fascinating. So thanks so much. Oh, no. Are you kidding? I was so excited that we could get you both on the show because I think so much of when to jump and... and uh, and where we're headed is around not just, you know, can you make the jump to that thing you want to go to, but but really about like, can you get that that sense of, you know, I've got what it takes, you know, I've got it within me to to be on my path and to have this sense of agency. So I would venture to, to say pretty confidently that any anyone you'd look at in our community that's taken a jump, whether it's someone on the podcast or the book or that we feature on social media, many of our listeners who, who chime in with their stories, you know, these are folks that have uh, found that, you know, that way to, to live on their own terms and that sense of agency. So I think what you're writing about is really a, a great step forward for anyone thinking of taking a jump. And I appreciate you both coming on to to share a little bit about your own jumps and then obviously a bit about the book uh, because, you know, this is super important. It's a, it's a great contribution to, uh, to, to our culture right now. Well, well, well thanks. It's really... Well, thank you. Yeah. Definitely. And where shall people go? What's the easiest way to learn more on the book, on you guys, on the exercises you put together? We'll start with powerofagency.com. That's that's the book's website. You can you can see a definition of agency on there. We developed an instrument to measure your your level of skill at the seven practices that build agency, and you can take the first one of those for free online. But that's the best way probably to become familiar with with the book. It's a, as you said, Mike, it's available everywhere. So um, so yeah, check it out. Please check it out. So powerofagency.com, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Anthony Rayo, Paul Knapper, thank you so much. Authors of Power of Agency, it is out today. Anywhere you buy books, check it out. Thank you both for joining me on the When to Jump podcast. Thank you, Mike. Thanks so much, Mike. All right, that will do it for this episode of When to Jump. Hope you enjoy the conversation with Dr. Anthony Rayo and Dr. Paul Knapper. For more on all things jumping, you know where to find us, whentojump.com, at whentojump across social media. A shout out to Brandon, who uh, took a major jump uh, coming out of the military and is on to his next um, set of experiences. Uh, very entrepreneurial minded, very much a big fan of the book. Brandon in San Diego, we are pumped for you and we are behind you 100%. Uh, If you want to get more info on Power of Agency, their website is powerofagency.com. That'll do it for this episode of the When to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis and I'll see you next week.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.